Welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast, where our goal is to inspire and equip you to build a grace-filled, life-giving morning routine. My name is Kat Lee, and today I'm talking with one of my very favorite musicians. Her name is J.J. Heller. Now, J.J., as a musician and as a mom, her days are not all the same, as you can probably imagine. So we're going to talk about what it looks like to consistently meet with Jesus in the mornings, even when our days are not standard and not routine. Some days JJ's on the road, some days her kids are with her on the road. What does it look like to have a consistent time with Jesus when the day is just different every single day? Now we're also gonna chat a little bit about JJ's background, how she went from basketball to music, and what my sister-in-law and the show So You Think You Can Dance had to do with her whole story. Let's jump right into our chat today with JJ Heller. JJ, hello. Thank you so much for being on the Hello Mornings podcast. Hello. So good to be here. It's uh, really fun to chat with you because every night my son listens to you as he falls asleep. And Aww. the other day, he ha- we, we, we got a, an old iPhone and we, we, put the, we put a few of your songs on it. And he just, that's when he's like, Mom, you forgot to turn on my music. And so I turn it on and just what he listens to as he falls asleep. And so then it was so perfect the other day when I got the email that the very lullaby song that he falls asleep to was featured in a Ford sports car commercial. It was like the perfect blend (laughs) of, I don't even know what that was, but tell us a little bit real quick about that happened because I just think that's really fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I wrote a song with my husband and this other songwriter Um, and it's a lullaby. It's called paving the runway. And it's about how we as parents have the privilege of kind of making a smooth path for our children, knowing that eventually they're going to take off and fly on their own. And we're trying to equip them to be successful as one day we eventually let them go, uh, which is so hard, the struggle of parenting. Um, but so, It ended up uh, just a couple of weeks ago, it was licensed for a Ford performance um, commercial. And uh, we knew we knew they were going to use it, but we didn't know what it was going to be. The description was uh, a Ford fleet of cars races around the track. And we're like, okay, cool. (laughs) And then we actually saw this commercial and it's this super like manly sports cars, like revving their engines and racing around this racetrack at sunset. And it's this really amazing juxtaposition of Mm -hmm. me singing a lullaby (laughs) with like a sweet piano and these like muscle cars basically. And, but somehow it works and it just, it's, amazing and it's just uh one of those times when it blows my mind that this is what I get to do for my job it's just super fun I love it you know it was fun for me because as my kids woke up that morning I got the email early and it's summer so they're sleeping late so I as they would come out I'd be like hey check this out and so I would click play and they're looking at me like mom why are you showing me a Ford commercial and the music would start playing and it didn't really it clicked in for my son right away but then for my daughters it didn't click in until you started singing and they're like oh mom and they were so excited (laughs) that your song was on there so that was that was really fun so for those listening would you just tell obviously you write music and sing tell us a little snippet about you and your family and what you do yeah uh, my husband and I play music together we write together we travel around the country singing our songs and we've been doing that full-time since we got married 15 years ago. I can't believe that. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, We celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary in March. And yeah, it's been such a surprising journey for us. Um, Because when we met in college, I had just started writing songs. And he was leading worship for Campus Crusade for Christ at San Jose State University. And I joined the worship team and we just started playing music together, not thinking for a second that it was going to become a career path. But it was one of those things where the more we played, we just kept getting feedback from people that they were relating to the songs and they were really enjoying it. And they kept encouraging us to keep writing and playing. And so we got engaged and 
So were you we're dating just... when you first started playing music together? No. No. Okay. That's so fun. Yeah. And we, we eventually started dating and, and then, yeah, we got engaged and we're just praying about what our lives would look like after we got married. Um, cause I basically, Dave graduated from college and then I graduated from college and then two weeks later we got married and, wow. and then, <laughs> yeah, so it was all these huge <laughs> life changes, but we thought, okay, we're going to be done with college let's just try music for a year and see what happens. And then at the end of that year, we will reevaluate and, and figure out, you know, if this is a good idea or a bad idea. And, uh, and so we got to the end of that first year and it was a very close call because <laughs> we were barely making ends meet. Um, just, you know, setting out tip jars and eating from the dollar menu at every fast food restaurant imaginable. Um, but it was an adventure and and one that we've been on for over a decade now. So it's been working out. Now, did you always intend to be an independent artist? Not at the beginning. Um, when we first started out, I think Dave and I both thought that in order to be a legitimate artist, you had to be signed with a record label. But fortunately for us, my parents paid for us to go to a conference in Colorado called Music in the Rockies, and it was sponsored by the Gospel Music Association. And so they had, there was a contest, which was like that main draw for people to come to the, the conference because everybody wanted to win. Like and, a voice type contest or something? Yeah, where the prize was like you get a development deal or something with the record label and you get to record a couple songs in a studio. And there's a bunch of like industry people there, kind of like scouting talent. And, and so, but then there's also all of these breakout seminars and things. And so we got to learn more about the music industry and we found out that, um, you know, being a signed artist wasn't all that we thought it would be. I mean, there's definitely benefits, but we just found out that labels are mostly like a big bank who they loan you money to make a record, but then you have to pay it all back eventually. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was just a, a kind of a reality check for us. And, and because my husband is so good at business, we realized, you know, I think we could probably do this on our own. And, and, um, it was interesting because at that same conference, we had a music critique by a really well-respected industry guy and he listened to our music and he said, okay guys, I can tell that you're songwriters and I love your music, but you're kind of at a crossroads here. You can either keep writing songs the way that you have been and know that you're probably never going to have a song on the radio or any kind of like Christian music mainstream success or you can change your lyrics, make them a little bit more straightforward and, and have a shot. And so we like mulled that over for a while and thought, you know, I feel like we just need to keep writing the songs that God puts on our heart to write and, and not try to force them to be a certain way to, to fit a mold that just doesn't feel natural for us. Mm -hmm. And so it was interesting because it was like, we, we made peace with the fact that we would never be on Christian radio and, and that that would be okay. We would just kind of stay true to the music that God put on our hearts to write, know that we were going to have to work really hard to make not a whole lot of money. Um, but it, it's the kind of the road that we chose. And so it was so interesting several years later when God had a really big trick up his sleeve for us. Well, let's dive into that since you teased it so well. <laughs> so let's let's cut. If we're watching a movie, this is like a cut to uh, a young mom staying up way too late scouring YouTube and finding these studio videos of this singer-songwriter couple, JJ and Dave Heller. And that mom staying up way too late was me and I was watching these videos and I'm like oh these are so good I just love her voice this is so fun and so I bought a CD and I sent it to my sister-in-law um brain just because we like to talk about music and I sent a copy to my sister-in-law and then um I don't know I'm gonna I'm gonna cut back to you 
And I don't know when she first contacted you. Well, she didn't. She didn't. No. Okay. Uh, So (laughs) your sister-in-law happened to be a really talented dancer. And so we were in our tiny little condo in Phoenix, Arizona, when one day our dryer broke. We were trying to figure out how we were going to pay for it to get fixed. And the phone rang. And so my husband, Dave, answered the phone. And it was a producer from the show, So You Think You Can Dance. And he was calling to ask if we would license them and give them permission to use our song, Your Hands, on an upcoming episode of their show. And he said, there's no guarantees that it's going to make the final cut. Like, we don't know until basically the day before how it's all going to be edited together. And, and we said, okay, sure. That sounds good. And we, they like emailed us, a uh, uh, like a contract to sign. So we signed it and, and then we just had to wait to see if it was actually going to be on the show. And then sure enough, the day before the show aired, they called back and they said, I think you're going to be really happy with the way that the episode turned out. And so the next day we watched the show and it was a segment at the very end of the show. And, uh, Your sister-in-law, Diana, used our song, Your Hands, to audition. And it was just this really sweet segment where the song was meaningful to her. And it was just just such a cool story and a really cool moment on the show. And I don't know if you know this, but we looked it up and almost 7 million people watched that episode that night. I know! It was like, oh my gosh, this is so surreal and... So that was amazing. Um, But then, and there was like a spike on the iTunes charts. And then, you know, a couple weeks go by and things are back to normal. But then we got a call from a program director at a Christian station, a Christian radio station in Houston. And he's the guy who chooses the songs for their radio station. And he said, I just want to let you know that I heard your song on the show. So you think you can dance. And I didn't watch it until a couple days ago. I like, he said that he had recorded it and, and he and his wife sat down a couple weeks after the show aired and they, they watched the segment with Diana dancing to my song. And they said, that has to be a Christian song. And they looked it up. And then he said the next day that he, he played it on his station and then people called in and, uh, and talked about, wow, that song is really meaningful to me right now. And who is that? And then more people called in and then emailed. And and then at the end of that week, they decided to to add that song to their regular rotation of songs that they play on their station. And then stations all over the country started to play my song. And <laughs> it was just insane. Just like that, as you were saying earlier about the guys, as long as you're okay with your song never being played on national radio, and then it's played on the biggest Christian station in the country, and then even more after that. That's I love how God takes stories and just blows out people's perceptions of what could be and makes them into uh, just a really fun story. And yeah, I'm going to have to look up the link on YouTube for those of you listening. My sister-in-law is probably going to kill me, but I'm going to link to it in the show notes um, because you need to watch the episode because it is really so sweet. And it is really amazing how... Per- so just to give you a glimpse, so our actually right before she went to audition and while she was at the auditions, our grandfather, who hadn't been doing well, passed away. And she had to decide whether to perform or not. And she, you know, she just really felt like that's what he would have wanted her to do. And so then she, the dan- the song that she was going to dance to all along was this song that was the perfect comfort to the situation that she was going through. And um, just such a powerful, powerful episode. And just so neat how God orchestrated all of this. Now, if we back up, kind of way back, you weren't even, you know, like, it's not like you grew up thinking, oh, I'm going to be a musician someday and have my song on a radio. That's not necessarily kind of how you start out. Is that correct? <laughs> correct. Yeah. Uh, I always liked music, but my family was very sports oriented. I mean, my dad ran sports camps during the summer and he coached all sorts of different sports on the high school level during the year. 
and my mom was a PE teacher for a while. So, I mean, very into sports. And so I just like, I loved basketball growing up and that was my dream to play basketball in college. And so I worked really hard all through high school and especially because once I got to high school, I stopped growing. So I'm only five, five, which is um, an awesome height to be by the way. Cause that is also <laughs> my height. Yes. But it's not very really basketball height. I guess. No, uh, no. So it meant that I had to become a really good shooter, like an outside shooter. If I was going to have any hope of playing basketball in college. So I worked hard on my three point shooting and I got pretty good at it. And by the end of my senior year of high school, I was voted the most valuable player of my whole league, um, which mostly got me excited because that meant that I would pretty much be a shoe in for playing basketball in college. And so I decided to go to a little Christian college in Northern California and I played basketball my freshman year and, and I thought if I, maybe if I work hard enough in college that maybe by the end of my college career, I might be the MVP of my college league. And as the season progressed, I realized that this dream was not going to come to pass (laughs) because all of a sudden I could not make a shot if my life depended on it. And I don't even know what happened. It just felt like God was somehow sabotaging my basketball skills. And I was so frustrated. And by the end of the year, I looked at the stats for the team and I had the worst shooting percentage on my entire team. And I felt so defeated and it just wasn't really that fun anymore. And so I decided that I wasn't going to play basketball anymore. And and then it was this huge identity crisis mm. because here was this dream that I had had all growing up. And I realized that that was a big part of my identity, that I thought of myself as an athlete. And then if I didn't have that anymore, then I didn't really know who I was. So um, the following summer, I had the opportunity to go on a trip to Africa through my college um, to just help at an orphanage and tell people about Jesus. And, uh, and we were there for six weeks and it was this huge transition time in my life. And so I feel like my heart was just cracked wide open and man, it's so amazing how, even though it was only six weeks out of my entire life, it was such a pivotal time for me. Um, lots of life changing things happened. Um, one of those was I learned how to play the guitar and I wrote my first song with some friends on the trip with me. And it was the very beginning of God starting to grow a new dream in my heart. And it's so interesting looking back because if my plans had gone the way that I wanted them to. Like if I was awesome at basketball, like the way that I, (laughs) that I had worked out in my mind, then maybe I still would have gone on that trip and maybe I still would have learned to play the guitar and written that song, but I would not have given songwriting a second thought because Mm -hmm. I would have been sure of my dream for my life. And, and so it's only because my dream died that there was room for God to to do something even better than what I had planned for myself. Mm, that's so good. I love just the idea that you know your pl- your plan ended up being uh, a sacrifice and God used it and and grew something completely new and different and maybe unexpected, but that has blessed so many more people than you know probably basketball playing could have ever <laughs> done. I mean 7 yeah. million people. Yeah, um, that uh, I love that. And just the idea of you following him through that whole journey, you know, when your basketball dream died, you weren't like, God, why didn't you make this work for me? You, you, instead, you pressed in, you're like, I'm going to go serve you in Africa for six weeks. And I just love how that kind of moment of sacrifice birthed a new thing in you. Um, so you're a musician. Does that mean that you automatically sleep in until noon and stay up until 2 a.m.? Or what is what is the actual <laughs> life? of a musician. Yeah. Um, it's not, not that, not what you <laughs> described. Um, 
Yeah, unfortunately, my children are not on musician schedule. I have two little girls, Lucy and Nora. They are uh, six and nine. So that was a big transition when I had my first baby. Um, I had to realize that I couldn't just write songs when inspiration struck me. Mm-hmm. I had to kind of schedule it out or just find little moments where I had free time and wasn't totally exhausted. Um, and yeah, so (laughs) I, they, they wake up early in the morning. And, and so for me, um, if I can get up 30 minutes before they come downstairs and just find a few moments of quiet, I am so much more ready to to face the day. Mm-hmm. What is your? I imagine you have different routines because sometimes you're on the road, uh, sometimes you're at home, sometimes you're on road with your family, sometimes you're on. Are you ever on the road just you, or does Dave always go with you? No, Dave always comes with me. Okay. He he plays guitar when we perform, which is such a gift mm-hmm. and and a very unique scenario. Um, but I think that's why we've been able to play music for as long as we have and like that we've been on the road for 15 years um, just because we've we've been together and we can share all of those experiences and for those listening go check out their youtube channel because they're really adorable when they play music together too they're so, <laughs> they're so cute the way they look at each other while they're playing and singing um okay so what do, what do your different routines look like? Do you have the same routine no matter what? Or does it look different, I would think, when you're at home versus when you're on the road versus when the kids are traveling with you? What does all that look like? Well, I kind of had to come to terms with the fact that being a traveling musician and a mom means it's really hard to have any sort of routine. Um, <laughs> I would imagine. I mean, yeah, one of those alone is hard to have a routine, but then put them together and wow. Yeah. And so what, what I've kind of come to terms with is when I'm able to spend a few minutes with the Lord in the morning, it is really good for my soul. So if there's any way that I can do that, then I'll make time for that. But then I've also realized that I have to allow room for grace Mm -hmm. in my life as well. And because we're like in and out of town and, and weird schedules Sometimes I I just need to sleep in a little bit. <laughs> um and and I think that like the Lord gives grace mm-hmm. for that as well. And and that's something that I had to learn just um growing up uh kind of feeling like okay, these are the things that you you absolutely need to do if you love God. Like you need to do this and this and this and you check them off their, your list and then you've done a good job for the day. And, um, and what I'm learning is the reason why God asks us to do certain things, um, is because he knows that it's good for our souls to do that. Um, this is a little bit of a tangent, but this just made me think, okay, well, I heard a sermon a a while ago about, um, even the 10 commandments and how historically, I think people just look at it as this rigid set of rules. Um, and you do them just because like God says, do them, and, which, which is true. But it's also God gave us the Ten Commandments because those are the boundaries that we need to live within in order to flourish mm-hmm. as human beings. Like um, don't have other idols instead of God. Uh, don't murder, obviously. Don't be, don't covet your neighbor's wife. Um, don't be jealous. You know, all of these things where, yes, they are rules, but they're for our own benefit as well. God is saying, if you want to live a full life, um, full of joy, then, then these are the things that you do. And so I've tried to kind of adopt that, that mindset, um, into my own life of, uh, instead of, because I can tend to be a little bit legalistic at times. And so sometimes it's good for me to pull back and think, okay, um, God loves me no matter what. Mm -hmm. He sees my heart. Um, He knows that I'm 
you know, my hardest to, to serve him and just kind of try to allow space for the Holy Spirit to, to direct me. Like when it's, when it's more important to get those extra 30 minutes of sleep or when it's more important to, to set that alarm clock and to like Mm -hmm. be disciplined and to, to read the Bible or spend some time writing in my prayer journal. You know, as you're talking about that, it, it made me think that it's kind of like music. Now, I'm not a musician. I'm going to butcher something here. But the idea that when you make music, there are certain boundaries that make it beautiful. And there are certain boundaries that if broken, make it sound not beautiful. You know, if you just give a kid a guitar and a microphone, you never know what's going to happen. But if you operate within certain boundaries, um, it's a beautiful thing. And then if you live within those boundaries, but then occasionally break a boundary, but when you've been living inside of that musical boundary, I don't know if this is making any sense. Occasionally, that broken boundary can make it even more beautiful. Does that make sense at all? So, like, yes, totally. Like jazz or something like that. Maybe they, maybe I don't even know, but maybe jazz breaks some musical boundaries, but it makes it that much more engaging. And so, I think that's a big thing that a lot of people struggle so much with is finding a routine, but at the same time knowing that grace is just as important of a component of a routine as the routine is. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I, I'm in a book club, which I love, and it's kind of more like a glorified small group with a bunch of ladies yeah. that I love. Um, it's just an excuse to have meaningful conversation. Once do you a week. actually read books? We do. Okay, yes. I have a book but club and on... we don't. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, but there's, a gal in the group who grew up in a pretty like rigid legalistic environment. And so she was, she was sharing recently about how she got in into the habit of, of doing um, a routine in the morning where it was um, a couple of, of set things and, and she was really loving it, but then she could feel herself slipping back into that mindset of, I got to do this. Like if God is going to be pleased with me. And so for her, it's so interesting. Like she felt like she needed to take a step back from it, Mm -hmm. um, just for like a little bit uh, and then like get back into it because she could feel, um, that her intentions were not where they needed to be, um, in, in that, in that moment. And I think that that's where, like, that's where we can leave room for the Holy Spirit and say, God, what, what do I, what do you want for my soul in this moment? And I feel like sometimes I can just be taking a walk mm-hmm. <laughs> um, by yourself if that's, if that's a possibility or um, just like lying there quietly. Um, but anyway, it's, yeah, it's been a, a, a growing journey for me just in the past few years of seeing how other people um, connect with the Lord and how they express their faith and learning from them um, instead of just imposing my idea of, well, this is what God wants us to do, you know? Yeah. What are the, some of those things that you've learned? Um, well, I think for me, um, I've learned that sometimes it's helpful to read prayers that have already been written. Um, and I, that's not what I grew up with at all. Um, I kind of had the mindset that you can't pray a prayer that somebody else has written if you want to really mean it. Um, but it's been so interesting kind of getting more into liturgy and, and, and realizing it's kind of like, songs and listening to music. And there have been so many times over the years where somebody has told me that my songs express something that their heart was feeling, but they didn't have words to articulate themselves. And I feel like sometimes that's what happens with me when I read a prayer um, or I hear a, a prayer recited and I can pray along in my heart with it and just say, yes, that's, that's exactly what I feel, but I didn't have the words to express it myself. And, um, there's actually an app that a friend of mine told me about. It's I called was pray. Ask. Yeah. It's called pray as you go. 
And I love that app. Do you? Yeah, I call yeah. I tell Jimmy it's like my monk app. Well, I, I don't know. Yes. So the first ones that I listened to, like the music was always this monk music. And, and I'm sure that's not what it's called. But I was just like, I never listened to that in my normal life. And it would be so peaceful. And I love how they give you space in the app too. Yeah. Pray. Totally. Think. Yeah. And it's just, it's normally about 15 minutes long. You just press play and you can just, um, you can listen as you go for a walk or normally I'll just sit on the couch and drink some coffee. <laughs> and sometimes my eyes are closed. Sometimes my eyes are open, but they read a scripture and then, um, ask you a question and have you ponder something about the scripture and like, what, what do you think Jesus would say to you in this moment? Or, or what do you, how do you respond? How does this make you feel? And just to, like allow space to, to contemplate, um, which is good for me because sometimes I feel like even when I'm praying, I have to fill up all the space mm -hmm. and I'm just like, God, blah, 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 blah. Amen. <laughs> um, and, and I think I'm, I'm bad at giving God a chance to respond and to speak to my heart. That's actually what I love about the app too, is just the space that it gives you. Okay. This is 15 minutes long. I'm going to sit and listen to the whole thing. And it just kind of gives you that space to sit in silence and to listen. Um, okay, you mentioned coffee. And so I have yes. to ask what kind of coffee you drink. Any recommendations? This is, you know, we're oh. going from spending time with Jesus to coffee. <laughs> Both very holy Both very important. <laughs> so um, I, I, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but... Um, Dave and I made a Christmas album two summers ago and we, I tracked my vocals with a producer who I've never worked with before and he is amazing. And a big part of his process is before we even like get into the tracking room, we spend like 10 to 15 minutes just talking, like talking about how's your day going and you know, what's going on and and while we're doing that, he he uses a French press to make some coffee, and uh, he uses um, Kona coffee. Okay, I've seen and that. yeah, and then he has this milk frother, and um, he puts half and half into it, and then like froths the half and half, and then puts it on top of the coffee, and it is so good. And, uh, and so because of that, Dave and I, uh, went home and we bought ourselves a milk frother and like that has become a part of my morning routine. Um, Did I mean, it's definitely, too? no, um, we just like brew a pot of coffee. Um, and, uh, because sometimes we'll like, you know, go back for refills. <laughs> yeah, I hear um, but it's, it's funny. Like it's just, uh, it's become this like really wonderful part of my morning routine. Just this like little treat at the beginning of, of the day. And, um, and it's, it's really cool. Like to just sit there with my coffee and even just the process of making the coffee, like I'll grind the beans and then wait for it to brew and then froth the half and half. And I'm learning that even, even those things like the process of preparing that, um, that God is in those moments too. And I think that I often make the mistakes that uh, the mistake of thinking that God only cares about, if we're doing like quote unquote ministry or like singing worship songs or like serving at church or telling people about Jesus. And of course those are all like really wonderful and meaningful things. But I think that like God is also in, in the little things. And I think that he delights in, in the, the small things of life. And I think that when we are grateful for, how the coffee smells in the morning um, or like how the warm mug feels on our hands. Like, I think that that is giving glory to the Lord as we appreciate um, the world that, that he's made. Um, 
And so that's something that I'm trying to be a lot more aware of in my own life. That sounds very Sally Clarkson-ish. Are you familiar with Sally Clarkson? I'm not. She's a motherhood author. Uh, you really need to buy like all her books. She's so she, all, her, all her kids are grown, uh, and I I think the youngest is maybe 20, and then the oldest is in her 30s and just had a baby. Um, but Sally is just wonderful. She writes about motherhood, but she's just very kind of idealistic but loves like English things and she always has tea and so she always talks about just I don't know making things beautiful so make your morning routine beautiful if that beauty is just the the joy of making the frothed milk or you know like you said holding the the warm mug and I think in our culture we so quickly just want to get to the thing want to check off the list and and get the coffee made and and all that sort of thing that we miss those don't know those sweet, beautiful little moments that uh, we don't often take the time to recognize. So anyway, yeah, you, you just you reminded me of Sally when she'd be talking about making her tea for her quiet time or whatnot. So I love that. That's uh, awesome. Well, I, I just wrote down her name, so I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll look her up. Yes, please do. So what is it? What does your morning routine look like? Or what, what does your day look like even when you're on the road versus when you're at home? Oh, when I'm on the road, it, it, it's hard to even call it a routine because <laughs> there, I mean, what, I mean, one day we will be, uh, waking up at 5am to get to the airport. Um, and then the next day we might be sleeping in because we got home, like back to the hotel at like one in the morning. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's actually like a, a challenge for me on the road is to find quiet moments where I can um, kind of, yeah, quiet my soul and gain perspective. Um, so sometimes that has to be kind of on the go. Yeah. <laughs> so like for me, for me, sometimes that looks like listening to a sermon um, while I'm walking through the airport uh, like waiting for a flight, um, or just like reading on the airplane. Um, but actually these days, um, I've just felt like it's time to come off the road a little bit. And Dave and I are traveling a whole lot less than we used to. Um, just being on the road for 15 years, it's, it just feels like, it's time to, to be home more or to at least if we're not home to be on the road with our kids. Mm. And so that's what this summer is all about. We're taking all of these trips, but almost all of them, our kids will be along with us, which, which is such a gift. Um, but yeah, so when I'm on the road, it's just like finding moments where I can, um, and, to, I don't love traveling. Like I don't love the airport. And so I find that just trying to make it as pleasant as possible has been really helpful. So like whenever I go to the airport, I'll, I'll get myself a latte as a treat and maybe sometimes like a pastry to go along with it. Um, and, and that, uh, just to like, I don't know, make things a little bit more pleasant and sustainable. Um, but when I'm back home, um, man, I, I heard somebody say recently that the best, the best part about travel is leaving home and then coming back home. Mm. I mean, cause it's like you, you leave your home and there's a sense of adventure. You don't know what's going to happen, but then you come back home and there's just a sense of, relief and familiarity and and comfort and so for me like there's nothing quite like the morning after we get home um being able to to wake up and have like the house quiet to myself like the girls the girls are upstairs they're not supposed to come downstairs until 7 30 um when did you so, start that? I know a lot of listeners are like, well, you know, my kids wake up at whatever time. How did you start that? And how do you enforce that? 
Yes. Okay. So here's probably the best part of this entire interview with me. (laughs) (laughs) We bought, um, this, this monkey alarm clock and I don't think they sell it anymore, but they sell similar ones with like a green light and a red light. Um, it's just basically before your kids are even able to tell time, even on a digital clock, you just set this alarm clock to whatever time you you want to. And for us, um, when they were littler, it was seven o'clock. And when, when the monkey's eyes were open, like they could come out of their room and they could come downstairs. But when the monkey's eyes were closed, like they had to stay in their room and stay quiet, um, as much as possible. (laughs) Did it work? Yes. Yes. I, I mean, we, like we had to enforce it a little bit, but I mean, I have been shocked (laughs) at how they just like, okay, (laughs) like went along with it. And, um, and so as soon as they, each of them moved out of their crib, like into their like big girl bed, they've had this clock in their room. And I remember when our nine-year-old Lucy was little, like, uh, she, uh, she, she, I don't even think she, she was able to open her door yet at that time. So she, we would hear her at seven o'clock say, monkey awake, monkey awake. <laughs> and then we would go to her room and we would open her door and, and let her out. But yeah, I mean that in itself, just having that boundary for, for my kids is such a gift. Um, to be able to know that I can be downstairs, um, at seven and, uh, like reading my Bible and drinking my coffee, knowing that I have 30 minutes until they come downstairs and are ready for breakfast and, and all of the craziness of the day to ensue. Yeah. And there's just something about knowing that you have the time, knowing that you're not you know, that interruption isn't imminent. I just think there's oh, something yeah. amazing about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, cause I, I feel that too. Like if I know if I get a late start and I only have like five minutes, then I just, I don't, I mean, it's still, uh, it still does something like it, mm-hmm. it helps in my spirit, but there's something about knowing that there's a little bit of a buffer time to just really get quiet um, and prepare for the day. That's just such a gift. Yeah. So one thing that I would like to talk about real quickly before we wrap up is, you know, another element of Hello Mornings is move time. So just having the energy to do what God has called us to do. And, And we usually talk about that in regard to like fitness and eating or working out or whatever. And we all know that that's really difficult thing to manage when you travel a lot. How do you handle eating well and working out? I don't know if you work out on the road or what, but um, if you've been doing it for 15 years and I've seen videos of you and Dave, you've obviously managed it well. So do you have some sort of intention in how you eat when you're on the road? Because I imagine you go to places and they just feed you. (laughs) So do you, do you have any sort of intention with that sort of thing? Well, in terms of the food when we're on the road, um, like I generally like give myself lots of grace when we're traveling. It's because I don't love it. It's kind of like I'll allow myself, um, to indulge a little bit like while we're on the road. Um, but then I also, um, I'll do a lot of walking in the airport. Like I'll put in my headphones and I'll either listen to music or listen to a sermon or listen to podcasts. And like, while we're waiting for our flight, I'll just make laps around the airport. And, um, sometimes I think people might think I'm crazy. They're like, Oh, there's that lady again, walking past me. (laughs) She must Um, be lost. Yeah. But for me, I mean, it's not, it's not just about like, I want to stay, fit and, um, look a certain way. It's, it's so much more about overall health Mm -hmm. and like mental wellness too. um, to like get, uh, a lot of that nervous energy out as well. Like I've, I've had a history of anxiety and panic attacks. And so one of the things that I've learned has really helped me is to like keep my body moving. Um, 
And so walking is a big part of that. And then I also have a friend who started this amazing ministry called Revelation Wellness. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, her name is Elisa Keaton, and she's out of Phoenix, where we used to live, so that was the connection. Um, But she has all of these online videos. Um, So for like a suggested donation of $10 a month, you can get all of these workout videos that are like 30-ish to 40 minutes long, um, whether it's like cardio dance or like high intensity interval training. And then there's like, uh, intermediate and beginner and, and advanced. And what I love about it is that normally workout videos are like, you can do this, get the body you dreamed of, (laughs) you know, like push it. Um, her, her whole approach is like, treat your body well, um, because it's a gift that, that God has given you. And, and when you are healthy, like you can serve him better and Mm -hmm. also just like move in joy and freedom. Um, like often in their workout videos, like the instructor will say like, this is your get to right now. Like you get to move your body, um, because like God has given you legs at work and, and like, strong arms and um and it's just like it's such a good approach yeah. to it so that so that I don't get wrapped up in like oh I need to like have a six pack and I need to look a certain way so that I can wear this like certain outfit it's it's moved because God has given you the capability of movement and in that movement you're serving him you're mm-hmm. you're praising the Lord um while you're moving um and it can so, be yes. really extension of your worship time or a part of it. Totally. And what's so crazy is I think that sometimes we forget how linked like our body, soul and mind are, like mm-hmm. how how connected they are. And and it's been sometimes in the middle of a workout where like I'll just get this revelation about what I what I should do, like something that I've been praying about, I just get like really clear direction. Um, or often at the end of a workout, I'll just kind of feel emotional and, and like, I'll cry sometimes while we're doing the the cool down as they're like speaking God's truth over me and, and reminding me of what scripture says about who God is and who I am. And I feel like my heart is able to, to receive that because everything is kind of working together, like mind, body, and in spirit. Mm -hmm. So good. You know, one thing that I feel like has kind of permeated our conversation is maybe even the idea of just you could just sort of having a vision of where God is taking you and, and, and wanting to follow him of, you know, even when you're traveling, finding time to spend with him, even when you're traveling, finding time to move your body and keep it healthy, uh, even when the whole music industry was kind of about being, you know, um, getting on a label and that sort of thing, finding a way. And it's just something that has kind of worked out so, so well for you as you follow the Lord through this whole this whole journey and the, the persistence of it. And I think that's something that we can all kind of walk away with that uh, we don't need to, it's not about having a certain prescription of doing this, this, and that, but just following Jesus. And it might be a way that's very different from the way other people do things, but continuing to follow him and find a way to meet with him, find a way to be healthy for him, finding a way to follow in the plans that he has for us. And um, I am so glad that you can join us today. And everybody listening, totally check out her music. So I actually used to work at KSBJ. Um, I don't know who the I, – I, was it John Hull that called you? Uh, yes, it was okay. John Hull. Oh, fun. Um, and so I, I consider myself sort of a music snob. So for those of you listening, know that my music snobbiness is serving you well when I say listen to J.J. Heller's oh, – J.J. and <laughs> Dave Heller because it's so – so good. You're just, you're going to love it and you're going to want it on repeat. Um, so JJ, where can people find you online? Well, jjheller.com. I have links to all of my different social media outlets, but I also want to let everybody know that I'm releasing a new song on the first Friday of every month to Spotify and Apple music and Google play and Amazon and all, and all of that. Um, that's been a fun project that we started about a year and a half ago. 
And also in the fall, I'm releasing a second lullaby project that I am so pumped about. That's perfect. My son will be very happy. And, you know, I don't know if I should say this, but my teenage daughter also, she actually started listening to you before going to bed. And then my son picked up the habit. So you are very popular in her home, not just for the lullaby music, but for all your other music as well. So everybody go check her out. JJ, thank you so very much for joining us today. And I hope you have a fun time visiting your family today. Thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed our chat today with JJ Heller. Now her new lullaby album comes out this week. So be sure to go grab a copy of it wherever you buy music. I want to thank our podcast producer, Sarah Jane, and our editor, Chris Mann from Podshaper.com for making this show and all our Hello Mornings podcast episodes happen. Now, if you need more resources for your morning, be sure to check out the Hello Mornings book. You can download the first chapter for free at hellomornings.org forward slash book. And if you want links to anything that we mentioned in the show today, be sure to check out the show notes for this episode over at hellomornings.org. Just click on the link for today's show right there on the homepage. Now, my name is Kat Lee, and I'm so glad that you joined us today, and I'll see you next time on the next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet, but I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. My heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with His grace His grace and sweet new mercies May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com.